Welcome back, guys. We uh, decided to call a little late in the week emergency broadcast after all the crazy news that dropped over the last couple days. We hope you enjoy it. Um, thank you for tuning in. Hope you like and follow. Um, this is the Texas Triangle Podcast. I don't know why I'm doing an intro like it's our first episode again, but, you know, if you're new, we do Texas-themed uh, NBA news. My name is Eric. Hello, John. What's up, Eric? Oh, you know, just chilling, trying uh, trying not to compare Luca to Harden more and more every day over here. Yeah, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good, you know. Uh, Dallas, the, the DFW has just turned into a fallout zone, man. Oh, it's been a weird turnaround in the last, like, 72 hours for Mavs fans. I don't, uh, I guess I empathize because I went through something kind of, well, not really. I don't know. It hasn't gotten there yet. Ooh. Emphasis on yet. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it too. It's chaos. Yeah. And uh, it seems like it's going to be a whole new regime. It seems like Luka Doncic will pick this regime, if I'm being honest. Uh, and yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. This is uh, a whole new world of uh, player empowerment and, and yeah. capitulation. Oh, man. <laughs> capitulation is the key word. So yeah. let's break down what's happened with the Mavs. So they fired, no, they agreed to mutually part ways with Donnie Nelson and then yep. Rick Carlisle informed the team that he would not be returning next season. With uh, two years left on his deal and yeah. uh, arguably the best building block piece in the entire league on his roster. You know, I was pretty shocked when I saw that Carlisle news come across my feed today because when I think about the Dallas Mavericks after Dirk, and Mark Cuban, Rick Carlisle is the third figure that comes across my mind. Me too. Um, he's become such a fixture there. I mean, yep. he was a part of their one and only singular one asterisk title. Um, asterisk title? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the asterisk being Dirk turning into the human fucking torch for an entire playoffs. No, that's... Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah. He's... Uh, it's going to be weird to see the Mavs sideline without Rick Carlisle. And it's going to be weird to see him somewhere else if you think he's going to... Well, that's a good question. Where, what, do you, what do you think is next for Carlisle? I honestly don't know. I, the whole day I've been kind of... I don't know. I, I'm not in his head or anything, but the vibes I get is he's kind of an old school guy. He's always kind of uh, pushed back when guys like Rondo come in and get a little bit too big for their britches. Uh, he always seems to want to run the team. He's old school as fuck. I'm curious if maybe he looks at this, sees the future of player empowerment, and says, you know what, I'm good. I, I don't know if he's done done. I think there's some tantalizing opportunities that he could crush and knock out of the park right now. But I don't know that – I don't know what his, intents are, his intentions are, man. It, it's crazy. He could, he could decide to just walk away into the sunset and be a hero forever in Dallas. But yeah. Man, I, Boston and, and New Orleans and – there are definitely some interesting options out there for him, but I think what happened with Carlisle was just kind of a, a microcosm of what has been rippling throughout the Mavs organization. And, you know, you don't let your franchise coach just walk away. And your franchise coach doesn't just leave for no reason. So that right? that, that makes me think that maybe these, these changes are the foreshocks, you know? to something bigger that's going to happen. Um, and it's really a shame because Carlisle, you know, he's a he's a Hall of Fame coach. 
Easily. First um, ballot. He's the greatest coach in the history of that franchise. Again, I don't think I could name two other ones. <laughs> Him, Don, Don Nelson, Avery yeah, Johnson. Avery but, Johnson, Don Nelson. There yeah. you go. Yeah, those are pretty easy ones. You're right. But you, dude, that's you're, you, there's no comparison, though, as far as best coach in the Mavs franchise history. Yeah. And that's not even just saying ranks. Like, just tactician and, and yeah. every single playoff series that you were ever up against the Mavs was a struggle. Yeah. No, Carlisle, when it came to the playoffs, he was such a, a great chess move coach, you know? Big time. Making those adjustments, just doing things that were kind of um, unexpected. Agreed. And he'd always get the most out of guys that you wouldn't expect. At all. Yeah. J.J. Like Barea. Playoff J.J. Barea for Playoff the Mavs JJ. for all those years, man. Locking up LeBron. Lock- <laughs> so fun. So I'll always remember the Rick Carlisle teams fondly. I think he's got a wonderful legacy he's leaving behind in Dallas. I wouldn't be surprised if they named some shit after him the same way they did Dirk. Yeah. I mean, maybe he should have a statue in front of that arena next to Dirk. Maybe. Who else is it going to be? Wouldn't It wouldn't bother me one bit. But again, I'm not a Mavs fan. I don't know how they're feeling about this whole thing. I haven't yeah. got a huge finger on the, on the pulse. Yeah, it doesn't seem like... I really wish... You know, we had a Mavs fan on the pod right now, but it doesn't... From what I've seen, Mavs fans are having a real hard time with accepting the reality of what's happening with their franchise. It would appear so. Uh, a lot of people thinking this is a natural thing, and I don't know, Carlisle would have been on the hot seat anyways. This seems like a stretch to me. I think Carlisle probably could have had his own terms no matter what after yeah. 2011 yeah. And, and, and his relationship with Cuban and his relationship with the players. And even with Luca has always seemed pretty solid. And I don't think they're best buds or anything the way Dirk and him were, but I don't think that they disliked each other by any means. Yeah. And that kind of raises the question for me, if maybe Carlisle was seeing the writing on the wall with the Mavs. Yep. Maybe he knows something that, the journalists and the general public don't know Maybe. the same way. I kind of thought that Maury knew something was happening with Harden a year in advance. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe there's something bigger coming. Maybe. Um, I hope not if you're a Mavs fan, but I, I would brace yourselves just in case. Cause this seems like it's getting uh, weird and now we're only st- scratching the surface. Oh yeah. This is just, the, we've seen this play out so many times in the modern history of the NBA where the Mavs have failed to build a competitive roster around Luka. I mean, they're only, what, three years in? Yep. But still, you know, that's three years of his career. You don't get a long time in the NBA. No, you don't. And I I wouldn't blame Luka for asking out, but at the same time, and all the indications are that he's going to pick up the Supermax. Definitely. With the, with the Mavs, but But still. that doesn't mean he, I mean, that that immediately, as soon as he signs it, well, not immediately, it's going to take a little while before he's a tradable asset, but that contract is just could just be a stepping stone yeah. for another team to acquire him. It honestly can become a loophole for someone else to pay him that money yeah. if uh, it plays out the way that uh, players demanding trades tend to play out, but... We're a long way from that. I don't want to make. I don't want to push any panic buttons preemptively, but there's some writing on the wall. Uh, let's just say we've we've hired some some forensics and, and archaeological specialists to help us interpret these hieroglyphs. Uh, but it's sure seeming like something foul is is afoot in 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 the DFW. Absolutely. So these moves. Do you think it's uh, 
Do you think these are proactive or reactive in, in respect to Luca? Good question. I think maybe if there's somewhere right, if there's a way to be both, it's weird. Because it's clearly the franchise trying to get out ahead of something, but they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't sniff anything in the first place or if Luca yeah. hadn't been grumbling or something in the first place. So yeah. it seems pretty reactive to me. Uh, absolutely, because, if, I mean, just last week, two weeks ago, we were talking about the biggest problem for the Mavs being Porzingis. Yep. And finding the second best player. And now we're looking at this dramatic restructuring of the organization. And you can only assume that there's going to be a lot of roster restructuring too. Because you're going to get a new GM in and a new coach. Big and time. they're not going to have any loyalty to any of these guys that the Mavs picked off the scrap heap and developed. Not at all. And Cuban's not going to be cheap like Tillman and hire and promote from within for a yeah. GM. They're going to get a splash candidate for both jobs, I would imagine. If they trot out Luca's high school coach, <laughs> <laughs> then we know something's real weird going on. But uh, like when Uncle Dennis was demanding a, a front office spot, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, and a jet, yeah, and a hundred million dollars in unmarked bills and a, a silver briefcase slid across the table. No, I'm just kidding. I but I mean, the way I see it is the only way the Mavs can hope to keep Luca is to win a championship with him. And that might not even be enough anymore. You might be right, because they might get it and then feel like, okay, cool, now I can go do what I want. Yeah. I mean, or we've seen that with else. KD and Kawhi. They, they win titles, and a title doesn't win you loyalty anymore as an organization. Nope, not at all. It's all about what any of the players want to do with their own life and i think that's fantastic it's a little bittersweet as a fan i kind of miss the days of that one guy this being an iconic piece of a franchise but when you read between the lines and see how kind of unfair that was at times yeah. uh, i think ultimately at the end of all these moves you have to ask the one main question of like is any of this even going to prevent luka Doncic from leaving and like you just said, like even a title doesn't guarantee that anymore. Yeah. Who's to say picking the coach he wants or the GM he wants or any of his teammates that he wants the same way Houston did with Harden is even going to guarantee that either. I mean, as a as a fan of... And I, I want to preface this by saying that I am in favor of empowering the players. All the way. I, I want them to have that autonomy. I want them to... Uh, you know, be able to determine what they do with their lives and their family and their careers. But it is kind of bittersweet and almost bleak as a fan of one of these non-glamour markets to think, you know, are we ever going to be able to keep a guy for more than five to seven years ever again? Are those days just gone? And may maybe, maybe I just need to grow up. <laughs> maybe I just need to get over it. But embrace the Disney. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely an adjustment. Um, but no, I don't think it matters. I don't think anything the Mavs do matter. I don't even know if winning a title matters because if Luca decides he wants to be in a different market, um, you know he's going to do that, exactly. and there's nothing that the Mavs can do to change his mind. Agreed, because there's nothing. There's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement other than that extra Supermax year. 
and, and a little bit of extra salary if you stay home. But again, like I said, if you can sign that and yeah. the next day tell the front office, I'm demanding a trade, refuse to play again, yeah. gain a little bit of weight, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a blueprint that's been laid out to getting yourself the hell out of there. And uh, I don't know, a lot of these guys recently, I think I built up a little more goodwill and, and, and time before they've done these things than yeah. Luca has, or, or Zion. Honestly, we've heard some chirping about him today, which is crazy. Same, That's for same, another same, episode. Same thing, though. That's same, for a yeah. Pelicans episode. That's for, a, yeah, for our side podcast called, uh, I don't even know, I was going to go for something weird with a cacao pun, but I don't, we're, uh, I'm beyond that point tonight. <laughs> um, it, it's just... Luca is going to do what Luca wants to do because any other player can do what they want to do. And he's one of the greatest and one of the most famous in the whole league. And, and Dallas, unless there's just a real reason that these guys love this place, yeah. that they can afford to travel to literally any time they want to, regardless of where they play basketball. Like there have to be so many wild stars aligning and, and personality things clicking into place. And you have to have that just choir boy dude, like frankly, like Giannis that yeah. wants to do it and wants and to we'll really see build if that it. holds up. Also true. Yeah. He's also kind of shown himself to be a little bit of a, a, a deflector when the chips are down. And, yeah. and I think it brings up a bigger question for the league at large, because the one thing that the NBA has demonstrated is a commitment to keeping their small markets strong and in place. So what more can they do? What more can they write into the CBA to incentivize superstars to stay in their markets? The thing I've always really liked and that I think would increase parity overall, but can get a little bit wild, but that'd be kind of the fun of it is the individual player cap, like the max salary. Like, I think if Cleveland wants to offer Kawhi Leonard $130 million a season next year, mm -hmm. they should be able to. Yeah. And I, I think you should still maybe have the team, obviously still have the team cap, so you can't just New York Yankees it and spin into oblivion. Yeah. But I think it should be, and I think it would mean we would be with a lot more one superstar teams. Because guys would be like, fuck, man, I can't turn down $60 million a season to go, I'll go play for you, sure, whatever. Orlando, yeah, that sounds great. Universal Studios is right there. And I got an extra $30 million a year now. But like, I, I just think that, that kind of is extreme and would never, ever, ever happen. Uh, but I think that and would probably disproportionately affect lower salary guys too, which mm -hmm. is a whole other argument. But I mean, the only other thing I can think, and this is a lot more regressive than your idea, is limiting the number of max salaries you can have on one roster. That's that's honestly would work. That would be very effective yeah. in doing that for sure. And because there's tiers to the max too, like there's not you can't they're not all super max guys. So yeah, that makes sense. I, I could I could get down on something like that. But you're right, it is a little more aggressive and a little less. Uh, laissez-faire i guess the, the, the libertarian solution would be let the market decide if they want to pay 80 million dollars a year for a superstar yeah, i guess i'm more of like an nba maoist but yes <laughs> <laughs> none of this will probably happen. no it yeah. won't but other than like severe severely disproportionate financial incentives i can think of very little that would 
be more appealing to these guys that can already get endorsement money in the tens of millions yeah. to not want to team up and just steamroll to a championship. Like that's, I'd take a pay cut to do that too. If that was my pay bracket in the first place, I mean, a pay cut is twenty million a season for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, and, and we were we were talking about this a few days ago. Like, if Lucas signs the supermax in Dallas, he's eligible for what upward of almost fifty million dollars a year. But I mean. If he's a New York Nick, don't you think the money he can make there dwarfs whatever contract he can get from NBA team? One would think. And he would have front row opportunity to yep. witness one of the finest Eagles opening acts in the history of mankind, <laughs> JD and the Straight Shot. Follow them on Spotify, too, if you don't. This episode's brought to you by JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> James Dolan, all the way, baby. <laughs> The most angry, irritated-looking band ever, <laughs> if you watch the music video. <laughs> All right, damn it. I'm, like, way off topic tonight. I'm getting us off the off the map. No, oh, man, we're celebrating. It's the demise of the Mavs again. Uh, potentially. It never and this time, it, this time, it's not even Mark Cuban being like, I want Dwight Howard and Darren Williams. Blow it up, damn it. Like, this one is totally just not even – it's a completely left field. You know, this is exactly what the fuck they get if, if Luca does leave. I mean, they have <laughs> this history of covering up, you know, sexual harassment and, like, just being this horrible, toxic organization. Fuck the Mavs. Yep. And I'm, I'm sorry, Mavs fans, but you, you have to recognize that you can't run your organization like that and expect good things to happen. And then you can't run the organization like that. Get caught with your – I was going to say with your pants down. That would have been a bad expression. But like to get caught like red-handed, make minimal changes, not wholesale ones, and just, be like it's fixed now. Just and, pay yeah, your fines and exactly. try to move yeah, on. Yeah, you fired one or two little guys. Yeah, but like no, the same core people have been there still. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like I won't go as far as fuck the Mavs, but honestly, not, uh, it's, me, it's just – let me, let me back that up. I'm not saying fuck the Mavs fans. I'm not saying no, fuck the Mavs not. players. No. I'm saying the organization. Again, Mavs fans, we love you. Yes. We appreciate you. This is not about you. No. Or about wishing ill will on your, your team or, or your hopes or dreams at all. You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, lovingly referred to Dallas as South Oklahoma, but yeah. it's all love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand the way you guys drive. Even living in Austin. <laughs> and we have the worst drivers ever here. They're all transplants, though, yeah, man. It's, it's probably just a big cultural intersection yeah. of bad. Like, there's just all, all the bad drivers from everywhere and every different type of bad driver all congregate here. But you know what? I've integrated because on my way over here, I was driving like 70 miles an hour down William Cannon. Nice. So, <laughs> I See? mean, and I was just going with the flow of traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And it's crazy. And then other times, the flow of traffic will be 28 down William Cannon and you're surrounded by people all content with that speed and it's just like man where, where am I right now what even is this city I don't think oh, the city knows no it yeah. doesn't you're right keep asking weird y'all that was <sighs> weird sorry that was just uncalled for um like I guess where where do the got another beer burp Beer burp every episode. It's going to be my what you talk about, Willis. My catchphrase. <laughs> this is burping mid, mid-sentence, but quietly, so you just think that I'm pausing for an extra long time to collect myself. But then I announced the burp. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what 
else do we see? Do we know of any? Has Luca announced any like, yo, I want this guy, or uh, have the Mavs tipped their hand in any way? Like, who do we think comes out of the woodwork? Do uh, is a little Rockets fan Barb here? Do the Mavs regret? not hanging on to Steven Silas and saying no to that interview one more year, having the guy who ran the most historic offense in the history of the NBA still on board to get that promotion. But no, he's, he's dug in in Houston, ready to be the savior of our franchise. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I bet if the Mavs were like Steven come coach, he'd be like, fuck yeah, get me out of here. Peace. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him one bit. I just don't know. Luca is uh, clearly the man to make the next move, though. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten any major insights into where they're going. Um, but, you know, it doesn't look good to me. No. Yeah. It doesn't look good at all. It actually looks a lot like the early James Harden saga where it was this kind of back and forth and and all of us that wanted none of it to be true. We're just playing this denial game the same yeah. way the franchise is doing. Yeah. And, uh, and the same no, thing no, happened no, with no, Coy no. Leonard. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, we can just make the right things and we can convince him to stay, I promise. And their mind's made up. And I don't know what Luca's mindset is right now other than I really want to sign that Supermax deal and then see what happens from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame him. I don't blame I don't him either. one bit. I don't either at all. So, I mean, I think that pretty much covers the whole Mavs situation. I'm really glad we got together and talked about this, to be honest. Yeah. This, yeah, this would have eaten me up. I'm about to be out of town for a week and not being able to, like, discuss this. I would have just been like, my my little head would have exploded up there in Oregon. But this is, this has just been such a wild 24 hours for the NBA news cycle. Stuff yesterday to Chris Paul. Everything's just upside down it's, now. It's crazy. I don't know what the hell is going to happen out west. We've got Paul George decided to show up again. Yeah. He, he, again, he just shrugged it off. He's back. He's Paul George. Like, Watch what happens out. if we end up with like a Kawhi Leonardless Clippers and the Hawks in the finals? I the Adam Silver will probably be hospitalized for some <laughs> type of ulcer. I would yeah. think. I can't. I can't even imagine. Uh, the Clippers, they could still potentially, I feel like, pass off as that uh, that yeah. big market. We because it is L.A. Technically. <laughs> technically, it's L.A. Junior for sure, but it's still L.A. ESPN would say it's enough. Uh, but I don't know, man. And we damn sure might. The Hawks are just really, really surprising me right now. Are Trey the Hawks are the Hawks cold. that good, or is, is Philadelphia a clown show? <laughs> Philly's choking a bit. Ben Simmons' free throws are a big-time problem. Embiid's uh, not healthy. Embiid's not healthy, but he's dominating. So I don't yeah. know that any of this can really be put at his feet. Doc, and then Doc Rivers, maybe maybe the Clippers were right to let him go. Maybe. I, I like Doc Rivers, uh, but, man, he's really... I think he has so much equity in the league because of that 2008 championship. But, man, he's had some pretty embarrassing meltdowns. And, I mean, we put a lot of those Clippers failures on Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, but Doc Rivers was the man running the ship, and we're seeing it happen again. Yes, and we saw it happen last year in in L.A. again, and he uh, has consistently been criticized by his players, current and former, 
well, not current now. Obviously, the Sixers guys have all been over the moon with him. Um, but a lot of his players will uh, criticize his lack of adjusting and counterpunching in the playoffs. And then that's we've seen that happen a lot. And that's kind of happening right now as the Hawks, Nate McMillan, is an expert counterpuncher. Yeah. And uh, Carlisle, like we said, expert counterpuncher. But uh, there's a few guys out there like uh, the Mike D'Antonis and I guess the, the Doc Rivers of the Budenholzers yeah. of the world where it's like they have a really great first punch, but they can't figure out really what else to do. It would seem when you figured out how to defend that first punch. Yeah. And I, I really, I don't know. I'm, I'm, and to be fair, the Sixers don't have a, a ton of options. Not just... I can create. Here's the ball options. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like when you're having to depend on St- on uh, Seth Curry and, and guys like that to do that. I almost said Steph Curry. When you're having to depend on Steph Curry to create offense, ugh. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, yeah, I agree with that. They've got a guy who can't really shoot running the point. Elite as he is defensively, elite as he is as a passing game, elite as he is as a rebounder. That's a big hole to fill in the playoffs, yeah. not having the shot. And then I love Tobias Harris, but, I mean, when he's your go-to wing scorer, yep. it's, you know, that's a lot to put on a guy who is very talented and has, you know, proven quite a, pe- quite a few people wrong in his career. But, yep. you know, still, that's just not – I don't think that's the support system that Joel Embiid deserves. I agree. And I, to Tobias Harris, I think he's a uh, – He's not an every single night yeah. guy like the way Embiid is, the way Kawhi is, the way those like top tier superstar guys are. Yeah. And I think he's right there, and I think he could be. But I think he's a great. There's still going to be nights yeah. where he's two for eight. You know, I think he's a great third banana. The problem with the Sixers is Ben Simmons. Yep, and the fit. It's yeah. not Ben's fault. It's the fact that he's not kind of an awkward fit with those other two guys, the other two points of the triangle. And uh, I, I'm with you there. I, yeah. I can see that too. I think regardless, we've talked about this too. I think you mentioned that you say regardless, Ben Simmons is gone this off season on a yeah. Daryl Morey team. Yeah. And I find it hard to disagree. Uh, we mentioned Beal. That would be just awful. Even but CJ. CJ would be this team would be phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, defense I worry about, but they could shore it up with some three and D wing guys that are always yeah. going to be there. And you've always got him beat on the back line. Yep. Hopefully. Um, Except for the 30 games that you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they you've got Dwight. Yeah. What's oh, Dwight's yeah. there for, man? Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, Dwight Howard, baby. Yeah. The man with the rooster haircut. I don't even know how to describe that thing, man. It's rough. It's got the best fart jokes in the business, He though. does, yep. Yeah. Careful. Be sure to check before you sit down. When when you're sitting down next to Dwight on the, on the bench in the locker room, he'll put his hand down on your chair. <laughs> Do you think he has a whoopee cushion dealer? Oh, yes. Yes. Dwight probably gets the, like, bootleg, illegal, like, Mexico whoopee cushions that you can't get here. You know, he has to have a guy. He meets a guy out back behind fucking Chuck E. Cheese's. Like, nah, man, here you go. Here's that real secret whoopee cushion shit. Just thinking about Dwight Howard, like, setting off a stink bomb on the team plane or something. (laughs) And running away giggling. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh. Yeah. No real super ill will towards Dwight as a Rockets fan. I got to be honest. He came there. It didn't work out. Harden's a difficult guy to work with. Dwight's a difficult guy to work with. 
it just didn't work out. You know, yeah. he's a goofball, but he was always he soldiered hard. He was a good teammate. He was productive. And he was very productive yeah. for the years he was there. He just didn't realize what he was yet. He still thought he was Shaquille O'Neal. And I think that injury that he sustained uh, on his way to L.A., yep. it just changed the trajectory of his career. Also, big time. Yeah. The D'Antoni Lakers really fucked his career up. It was the Not back and the shoulder, right? The back and the shoulder. And then uh, Kobe Bryant was apparently very, 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 very vocal about rushing him back. Yeah. And he played through a lot of stuff that I think he shouldn't have. Uh, and I don't want to blame that all on Kobe. Dwight's the type of guy who would do that anyways, but... A lot of what I read was, yeah, you need to be my guy. You're, you're, you're the co-star. Come on. I'm Kobe Bryant. I'm hurt too. And <laughs> RIP Kobe, but it's different mentality, man. Like not everybody's is, is, is built that way. And it's not fair to expect everybody to be, I guess. Yeah. But also can't argue with the ranks. <laughs> what I... Ripple effects do we see? There was a huge just splash of news the other day with Scotty Brooks, uh, the Pacers job opening. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that last name. I am so sorry, Coach. Nate uh, Bjorkren. Bjorkren. There we go. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to sound like a fool. Uh, I apologize, Coach Bjorkren. Um, <laughs> one of our nine listeners, same as DeMar DeRozan. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny is it feels like all the Boston stuff was a year ago. It really does, man. We were just celebrating Boston this week. Yeah. Yeah, the, the demise of the Boston Celtics. And now we're sitting here laughing at the Mavs the same way. It just shows what kind of bitter-ass basketball fans we are. Calling celebratory podcasts over here to, 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 to pee on graves. Fucking player haters ball. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, any of these jobs... I I don't see Wizards or Pacers as on the table for a guy like Rick Carlisle, for sure. You could see Celtics. I could see Celtics. I could see the Pelicans coming at him with some kind of godfather offer trying to capitulate Zion. Who what about now, the Blazers? Blazers, I was just going to say it was my third one, where I think him and Dame Lillard could make a lot of really fun things happen. Yeah, and they've got all those fun pieces where Roko, I think Carlisle would have fun with that team. I do too. Roko yeah. and Nurkic on a Carlisle team are intriguing as hell to me. Yeah. Um, even Mello, for Christ's sake. I think Carlisle could get a lot out of old man Mello. Yeah, I mean, he put him in the Vince right Carter. spots. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Carlisle to the Blazers would be my most fun pick. Yeah. Uh, Carlisle to the Celtics, I think, makes the most sense for Carlisle. That's where I put my money, but that's not what I necessarily want to see for him. By any means. Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. It's kind and of a circus up there, too. I'm sure GM Brad Stevens has someone like on the college circuit that he's been eyeballing. So. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. Some acolyte of his that's been studying his, his uh, scripture for his whole career. <laughs> I don't mean like literal biblical scripture. I mean the, the book of Brad Stevens. Like he's got his whole philosophy. I, I feel like he's got spreadsheet after spreadsheet. He's like a the singer from Weezer with all his like lyric spreadsheets that he has from <laughs> Kurt Cobain and, and the, the Green Day guy, Billy Joe. The Green Day guy. <laughs> you know, the one. The, the eyeliner one. Yeah. The, the, the one man. with the eyeliner from Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, CP3, Kawhi. 
what the hell's going on with Kawhi? They're so, like, the Clippers are leaking. No, we're pretty sure it's not that serious. Everybody else is leaking. The Clippers fear it's an ACL injury. I don't know many ACL injuries that aren't that serious. So we've seen Jay Crowder in the past have a sprained ACL. I don't think it matters what kind of ACL injury it is. I don't think we see Kawhi back in the playoffs. I don't either. So. I don't. Um, I, and I think it's him and his teams. And I don't mean team as in Clippers. I mean team as in his literal circle. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's their style to be like, yo, yeah, tough it out if there's a risk that it oh, gets no, way absolutely. worse. We, yeah. We've seen that. I mean, he's kind of like the, the load management king. Exactly. He's the OG load manager. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he sat out an entire season for tendonitis. So. Yes, just because it didn't quite feel right. Yeah. And I don't blame him one bit, but at the same time, it's like, man, this is kind of a whole new level of you play a game for a living, bro. But uh, at the same time, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right, man. Don't push yourself. And we saw what happened to KD a couple years ago where, you know, he had that heel thing. Yep. The doctor said it can't get any worse. You know, just go play. And then he... Nudge, 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 nudge. Yep. Tours Achilles. Yep. And he lost a year of his career. Yep. 18 months even. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would hate to see that happen to Kawhi because, you know, he's playing at an absurd level in these playoffs. And Every playoffs, man. Every, every... And, you know, for all the bad feelings I have towards Kawhi Leonard for everything that happened in San Antonio, you don't want to see a guy, you know have some sort of devastating injury, especially when it's someone as special as Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. And yeah. honestly, the the idea of, for me, having a villain to root against is it, it, and beat fair and square yeah. is, is nice. You know, I was sad when Durant went down that one conference finals with the Warriors and the Rockets. Yeah. I was like, man, I wanted to beat the shit out of them with Kevin Durant. And then, of course, the 0 for 27 happened, but we won't even talk about that. But no, I'm with you, man. I never want to see anybody go down prematurely with like a, a severe injury or anything like that. And you never want to see anybody get hurt to further your ends, I guess. I don't know. So CP3 had his annual health disaster. God, this poor guy, man. In the playoffs. We thought he dodged the bullet with the shoulder early on. How was he the one out of like 400 players tested? I'm, I'm calling shenanigans, man. Something happened. I don't know, man. I think something's weird. I hope he it's a false positive, hopefully. Maybe he turns out the three negatives that he needs yeah. to in a row, and he's back on the team fold before too much longer. So it's confirmed. If anybody was going to get vaccinated, yeah. wouldn't you think CP3 is the guy, too? Like I don't, I'm, So I, he is vaccinated, though, right? I believe so. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't miss much. So the Suns say he's, not, he's doing the 10 days. Okay. Um, Ten days could happen. I mean, then they're going to reevaluate. So I mean, this this Clippers Jazz series is, could go two more games. Yep. Then you'll have the that. biggest Jazz fans in the entire world are right yeah. now. Phoenix right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure Phoenix is happy with either outcome. I no, feel like I just Phoenix meant buy us another yeah. game. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I, I feel like Phoenix, even without Chris Paul, could eke out a couple of wins against either of these teams. But the way the I Jazz so. are playing, I, I feel like <laughs> the Phoenix will just, especially if Chris Paul can play, will just torture Gobert. Um, Chris Paul knows a thing or two about it. Yeah, Gobert has been exposed once again. 
Yep. And he's he's been playing well. It's just he cannot control the game with the way the Clippers are spreading him out. No. And and you can't reasonably expect a seven foot three guy to be able to go out there and freaking stay on guards. Like Especially not a Frenchman. Not, no. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, not to disparage <laughs> my own people or anything, but that's uh I completely agree with you that it's not reasonable expectation for him to be out there on the perimeter guarding these guys that are just dancing around him. I'll never forget when Chris Paul spun him around in those playoffs mm-hmm. and then bounced the ball off his back <laughs> and then just to somebody else. Yeah, it was just like, oh, no, Chris. You didn't have to do Rudy like that. That was just mean. You're already going to beat him in five games. But, it, again, yeah, it happens again. I don't know if it's a Quinn Snyder, or, hey, adjust your scheme thing. Um, what else are they going to do, though? He, yeah. I mean, they don't have the the kind of wing talent that the Clippers do to where they can go back at them with their own game plan. They they rely on Rudy Gobert. They do. And maybe but is there any way to not switch him? Like, uh, yeah. is there any way to just battle through that screen and keep the fucking guard on him or something? I don't know. It just seems odd that he always ends up on that island like that. I mean, and there are some positives. Like you see, you know, when Donovan Mitchell can get into the lane, Gobert is going to get an alley oop yeah, every time. Yeah. But every I, time that they want it, I mean, it could be a floater from Donovan. It could be any other thing. But every time there is something like that available. So it's confirmed that Kawhi is not playing in game six. I still think the Clippers close him out. I think Paul George has figured something out for sure. Yeah. And I, I would not in any way, shape, or form be surprised to see that. I'm still going to go ahead and say yeah. Jazz win one more. Clips win the seventh. PG figured out that he's being guarded by pudgy white guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> PG figured out he's being guarded by our math teachers from back in the day, basically, that are just 6'8 instead of regular-sized math teachers. Uh, but they can shoot the three. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could. I don't know what happened all of a sudden. These last couple games, they can't really. But I guess they're still shooting it pretty well. I won't shit on everybody. The Jazz, I just, there's been some just baffling collapses this playoffs. The Sixers last night blew my fucking mind. Oh, that was insane. The uh, Bucks the <laughs> night before, the same shit. The way the Sixers fans were booing them off the floor at the end of the game was just. I was just, <laughs> yo, I was so Philly. Just so perfectly Philly. And those guys should have been embarrassed because that was embarrassing. It was. It was pathetic. And I, yeah, I kept expecting Green Man to come out and fire a volleyball <laughs> at Joel Embiid on the way off the court or something. Because, yeah, that was rough. It was embarrassing. 26 point lead at one point, right? Yeah. Woof. The fans in Philly are drinking grain alcohol. Yes, they are. <laughs> riot juice, riot punch, right? Oh, man. So. I think we're in agreement. Pretty low implications as far as ripple effect with CP3. He might miss a game or two. Seems like it's going to be a 10-day quarantine. Uh, the Kawhi thing is another story. Uh, if the Clips close it out, they make it to the next round. They're up against the Suns. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Suns in five, right? Four, maybe? Yeah, uh, I think I think the Suns put PG in McHale jail. And, yes. Um, I, I, I think Aiton probably fares better against the Clippers than... Gobert, oddly enough, I think Aiton just has a little more juice on the offensive end to punish those guys. I think so too, and I don't think they have the uh, the size on the other end to, to match up with him. Yeah. And I think in the Eastern Conference, man, 
Atlanta's going to fucking do this, aren't they? I, I think I'm very close to predicting that the Hawks are going to the finals. Wow. I was going to say just beating the Sixers uh, and then getting steamrolled by Brooklyn. I, I mean, if Kyrie's still out and Harden's doing this. <laughs> fucking Harden. I didn't watch, to be fair. I've just been score or like uh, box score watching this game, but. It sure looks like a passive hearted experience. Uh, get at me and correct me if I'm wrong. But not even a lot of assists. And we're not giving the Hawks credit. I mean, Trey Young's awesome. Bogdanovich, man. They have a, a deep team. Yeah, they really yeah. do. Capella's still getting kind of bullied around. Uh, but it's Joel freaking Embiid. He's, uh, we called him Shaq Trick Ewing the Shattrick other night. Shaq Trick Ewing. Yeah, and it was not, did not feel inaccurate. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I think I, I, I don't know, man. I'm still going Brooklyn Suns finals. That's the smart pick. I think Brooklyn could still win, or will win if all three of those guys are healthy. If it's just two of them, fuck it. Let's go with go with Chris Paul in six. That'd be hilarious and fun. So if but, the Hawks do make, the, are they the most shocking finals team ever? If they make the finals, maybe. The 95 Rockets were a six seed. Maybe the uh, 07 Cavs. That one was pretty damn impressive, too. Uh, last year's Heat, I feel like, was a really unexpected one. Yeah. Um, let's see. But, I mean, the, the Hawks are going from having the a high lottery pick last year. Not, you know, they, they added some pieces. They added some really good pieces. but really, And Trey Young took a huge leap. No one would think that that would be enough to take them from the bottom of the lottery to the finals, you know? And I guess that's just Monty, what life, life in the, the Eastern year. Conference gets you, man. Coach of the freaking year, man. Monty Williams, man. Holy shit. Not Monty Williams. Sorry, Monty Williams for the Suns, phenomenal. I'm talking Nate McMillan for the Hawks. It's just Nate McMillan, man. Holy shit. Yeah. I've never seen one singular move just utterly change the mindset of a whole group of guys like that. I was yeah. just like, man, exceptional coach. I'm uh, sure the Pacers, Pacers are glad that they let him go to get definitely. Mr. Bjorkgren. Oh, yeah. Ugh, Good fuck. lord, man. What a silly move that looks. That was in hindsight. Yeah, this has been just an insane season, an abbreviated season. All the star players are injured. It's sad. LeBron's saying, ha ha, I told you so on Twitter. That's fun. Oh, God, uh, LeBron, shut up. He's so insufferable since he went to L.A. I hate it. He's all, he's always <sighs> been this kind of guy, but, man, it's just hard to make excuses for him now. It is. Yeah, because before you could be like, yeah, bro, but check out this fucking school he opened. He just gave 1,200 kids fucking four years of college tuition out of his own pockets. Look, am I going to see Space Jam in theaters? Yes. Yeah, I probably will, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's only because of the stock... Of the original. And frankly, <laughs> if Wayne Knight and or Bill Murray do not make appearances in this one, I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah. No. Uh, I think on that Hello Newman note, we could probably wrap up, right? I don't think we have anything else to discuss. I'm glad we did this little emergency thing yeah, before I, I left town. I guess it's time for us to mutually agree to part ways. Whoa, that was nice. <laughs> uh, just uh, Mavs fans, be quiet. It'll all be over soon. We'll, we'll be back next week for the lotto. <laughs>